Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic here with the Sports Digita series season finale. Uh, excited to have uh, our, our two guests today in Ben Tavener and Charlie Dewhurst. Um, Charlie with Sale GP, the commercial director, and Ben uh, with Sports Digita on the international side and get a little bit into why sports is truly global. Uh, kind of what some uh, what is some of the opportunities that exist out there, and then you know we'll dive into both of uh, their career paths, how they got to where they are, and uh, Ben, Charlie, nonetheless, welcome. Good morning. So let's just let's just start with uh, where where did this relationship start? Obviously, Charlie uh, being at Sale GP. Um, trying to commercialize a, a, you know, a sport that isn't one of the uh, main ones out there in, in international world of soccer, right? Everything outside of soccer, like how do you commercialize it globally? Um, and then you got to separate yourself. So how did you and Ben get connected? Yeah, great question. And probably worth just taking a quick step back to give everyone a, an overview of CLGP and kind of who we are, where we've come from. And, and I think it's relevant to kind of why Ben and I are working so closely together now. And so CLGP was founded in 2018 by Larry Ellison, the CTO and chairman of Oracle and Sir Russell Coots, uh, the most decorated America's Cup sailor of all time. They'd spent years and years in the America's Cup. Russell's won it five times. Larry's won it two or three times um, and kind of wrestled with it for you know, a number of years just thinking about kind of how do we optimize the commercial model and, and take sailing to a completely new audience. Um, but but the America's Cup probably wasn't the platform to do that. It's governed by a pretty historic document. Go alone to create a new, uh, a new sports organization for the 21st century, really one that Kind of is is founded on on the three pillars of uh, entertainment, sustainability, and technology, um, and and to use that as as a mechanism to taking sailing to a completely new audience, growing it to a scale that enables you to to communicate with audiences outside of of, of sailing, tech audiences, racing audiences, and and kind of get sailgp get sailing to a level you know equivalent to some of the major global sports leagues around the world. It's a pretty big challenge, but we certainly think we've got the, the tools, the resources, the team to be able to do that um, and, and the product to be able to do that. And, and the great thing about having a product launched in 2018 is that it's, it's one that's very much designed for the 21st century in terms of how we create and package content, um, how, we, how we broadcast sailing and try and make it immediately understanding for new audiences that's always been one of the big challenges but we, we feel we've got a kind of a good product that does that and, and obviously continuing to evolve but also kind of using new content forms new new digital media to be able to engage and excite that new audience 
and and you know with, with Larry Ellison as our founder as well technology and Larry is a founder of Oracle so kind of one of the biggest tech companies in the world and he's he's been a, a tech visionary all his life and tech is very much embedded in in our DNA so you know, our biggest revenue driver at the moment as we grow our audience is, is, is sponsorship and looking for kind of partners to come in and work with us, um, not just from an investment perspective, but also kind of providing products and services that enable us to, to operate. Um, but being a tech first company, we, we're always on the lookout for how do we present SailGP in the way that kind of we, we want to be presented to the market. And it's not uh, sending out PDFs and, and PowerPoint documents and that kind of stuff, however good they they may be. It, it was it was very much about kind of trying to find something that is is 21st century, is is future facing, and uh, that's when we we came across the the fantastic team at Sports Digital and their product DigiDeck, and kind of is yeah, I guess the rest is history. We've been using it for about six months now, and it's I have to say it's completely transformed the way we go to market, and and certainly enables us to be perceived and and to achieve that positioning of being tech first and tech led. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're led by uh, one of the tech leaders in the world and, and you're putting out a PDF, it's it, you, the authenticity needs to be there, right? It's like, hey, who who are we and what do we represent, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's it's amazing, you know, and you can see behind Ben all of the, the organizations that are working with, but it, it's it's very much kind of a bespoke design for us, which which is great as well, and 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 it just enables our, our global sales team who are operating in London, in Singapore, in 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 the US, in Australia, all around the world, really, to be able to create something that that's relevant for the individuals, the the brands that they're pitching for, and also kind of I referenced it. One of the things that's most exciting about SailGP is actually just the racing and and the entertainment and the stories. So having something that enables you to showcase that through all the, kind of the great video features just, just really brings presentations to life in a way that, you know, I've not seen any other platforms be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the content is, is king, but, uh, and I'll get to a moment where we talk about like, how do you even go about commercializing something where you're going from one place to another and you don't have a stadium and you know, like it's, We'll, we'll get there. Uh, but Ben, uh, I mean, how did you get into a sports digital, but, but also like, where's it going internationally and, and how are you guys trying to, uh, you know, engage with, with different teams, not only just in the U S but globally. Yeah. Thanks Jake. Um, we, uh, sports digital internationally have, have always been coming from America. Uh, if you like, the outreach has come from America and I was hired about six months ago to lead the charge here in, in the UK from, uh, from London and also into Europe. So I come from a hospitality and sponsorship background with uh, mainly football or soccer. And um, I got into the technology space about five years ago with a company called Core Software. And again, that was a similar... <clears throat> similar uh, setup whereby they wanted to uh, infiltrate, for want of a better word, uh, the uh, UK and European market. And uh, again, I was hired to talk to rights holders, talk to the bigger agencies and bring these, um, if you like, American technology products to, to the market over here. 
as you as you think about the differences in organizations, how they work internationally versus in the U.S., what's the biggest thing that you've noticed having now worked in both both? Parts yeah, that's a, that, that's a great question. Well, um, I think the uh, the American market uh, expects things to move uh, possibly at the same rate and frequency uh, and speed of technology in the U.S over here in, in Europe and, and the UK. So that is a challenge. Um, things unfortunately don't move as quickly. However, the interest in the product so far has been very, very encouraging. Um, as you can see from Charlie, we are working with a number of uh, organizations over here who are, if you like, on the front foot of technology. My challenge here in the UK particularly is to um, help rights holders and agencies understand that there are other ways of working and using technology uh, to do that is going to help their productivity and their efficiencies so that's really the fundamental challenge charlie as you as you think about uh what sale gp represents and you know you mentioned 2018 like that wasn't that long ago that it got started right and so you're still uh, no pun intended, sailing the ship, you're, you know, building the ship while you're sailing it, right? And it's like, what, from, from a commercial perspective, like, obviously, you're diving deep into the, you know, the, the broadcast, the content, etc. But like, can you just explain for our audience, what, what does the landscape look like of an event? How do you even start to think about what you can do? And um, then what are some of the limitations you maybe have otherwise? Yeah, great question. And yeah, started in 2018 and about 18 months of that's been impacted by COVID as well. So right. uh, it's been it's been an interesting few years, but we feel we're, we're on a, a really good path at the moment. I mean, broadly, the commercial model of CLGP is at, at a different scale at the moment, but but it's similar to to the Formula One model in the sense that we have kind of CLGP League, which is the equivalent of Formula One. We have the sales GP teams, uh, we have the sales GP events, we're, we're delivering eight events this season, we've got 11 events next season, the grand final season two is, is in San Francisco in March this year, and then we crack on with season three in Bermuda and then go all around the world. And then you have, have the individual athletes, but unlike Formula One, where kind of you've got all of the, all of the leagues, the teams, the events are independently owned, we, absolutely, we own absolutely everything at the moment. So that's a, a massive advantage because it means that we can be uh, very strategic and very flexible about how we develop commercial packages for our partners that cut across everything. But it also means that, you know, fundamentally we've got a, a huge amount to sell um, to be able to start, you know, driving the revenues that are going to deliver profitability for us. So uh, kind of one of the pieces there, a big priority for us that that's been quite successful is selling off our teams to third party owners. And we've sold, four of our 10 teams in the last six months. Um, so there's been a huge amount of interest from the market in that. Um, and, and that enables us obviously to focus on kind of the, the core business of how do we sell partnerships across, across the league um, and the events. And our main, our main revenue drivers at the moment are sponsorship um, and, and getting kind of major partners on board that uh, not only want to acquire the, you know, the visibility that we provide them, but actually, it's, I think it's a bit more profound than that. It's much more about finding aligned partners that want to go on our on a journey together and that that really buy into the the mission of CLGP, which is all about pushing sustainability and clean energy. 
Um, and, and we're very much kind of looking for partners that, that share that ethos. Our, our kind of tagline is powered by nature and, and the, that, that's very much embedded into, into our DNA as a, as a sport that is powered by the wind. And you know, we're very passionate at SailGP about you know, the role that clean energy can have in kind of building a sustainable future. And, and we're doing a huge amount, not just to talk about that, but actually to deliver around that for each, for each of our events. So you know, it's very important for us that you know, we get the right partners on board that help us tell that story and deliver against that story. Um, but also there's a huge kind of growth potential for those partners as well, getting in a sport almost at its infancy and then kind of having the opportunity to become synonymous with that sport in a way that you probably can't do if you're, you know, the thousand sponsor, sponsor of, the, uh, of the Premier League or, or the NBA or whatever it is where you're, you know, you're coming into a very established environment. So um, from when, when thinking strategically about how do we design that so it's appealing to sponsors, um, yeah, we, we feel like we've created a, a set of assets across broadcast, digital content, um, hospitality experiences, et cetera, that deliver pretty robust return on investment. And, and obviously, like business cases is, is always going to be at the heart of any discussion that you have with a prospective partner. But actually, what gets us really excited is trying to find those those aligned partners where we can do something really special together and, and do something almost industry defining in a way that's that's not possible, as I said, amongst those more traditional rights holders. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the one of the amazing things about sports and what you just mentioned with the sustainability and the clean energy and like yeah you're you're developing a sport you're developing opportunities for people to compete and you're creating teams and there's but you're using it for a larger you know mission right a larger platform and i think that's that's a uh inspiring but b like it, it creates a a, a hook for those that want to get involved right and there's there's a mission behind it other than just hey let me let me slap a logo on a on a guy's jersey or whatever the case might be right and i think um creating that ben we can get into storytelling like i, I mean that's incredible right to kind of um you know harness obviously the the nature of, of where the sport lives but then also utilize it to because every single brand now has got some sort of CSR right initiative right and looking at whether it is sustainability or not but there's always an avenue in which you can try and find that yeah and the, and the great thing is it feels like the industry's moved a long way on from logos on boats or kind of logos on LED sure. screens which is you know way more engaging for for the fans it's way more engaging for the partners and you know as a, as a rights holder it's much more fun um, and interesting to, to work on more integrated partnerships that are either rooted in like true technological collaboration, which is, you know, what we do with Oracle or um, something much more focused around around sustainability and, and purpose. So and, and for us as well, you know, we move event, events around the world. So we're not, you know, we're not in a position where we, we've got a fixed asset and, and we're trying to drive revenue by maximizing that fixed asset. You know, we, we're very flexible and fluid. Kind of organization so we're all about yeah how do, how do we partner with organizations that we can tell really powerful stories for um and with and you know where are those real authentic integration opportunities as i said are they kind of around the, on the technology side um and um so for oracle for example they they deliver basically all of the end-to-end -end technology for us how do we get the, the data 
from the boats into the Oracle cloud, back into the hand of our, our viewers through the SailGP app um, or, or something that's much more kind of embedded around, around sustainability. And we have a really interesting strategic partnership with an organization called CDP, who's the carbon disclosure project. And, and they're basically like the, uh, the reporting system for 13,000 companies globally around what their carbon emissions are. And we're working together to use the SailGP platform to spread the word around that, but also look at how can SailGP cities and corporate partners benefit from that partnership as well and kind of go on their own journey of being more sustainable and use SailGP to tell that story. So yeah, we we kind of, we love integrated partnerships at SailGP. It's what, what gets us really excited, but you know, it's great to see the industries moving in that direction. Ben, as, you, as you're sitting there kind of listening to, to Charlie describe CLGP, kind of where they're going, how they, how they go about partnerships, what's, what's something that you've picked up on amongst your clients um, that, you know, through all of your different experiences, like where, where do you see the landscape going? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I was speaking to a sports digital established client the other day who told us that actually they don't want us speaking to other football clubs uh, in the premiership because the, the uh, presentation platform of sports digital is being so powerful and it's setting them apart from the competition. Clearly, that's uh, that's not going to work for us. Um, in you're not, not going to sell exclusivity? <laughs> Um, but what I've what I've found in the last six months is rights holders, the bigger agencies, there's a huge amount of interest, but there's also massive gaps in the market here. Um, I think in the US, from what I know, there are there's a lot of competitions, not only a lot of competition, not only uh, in sport, but also in the enterprise and brand space. Whereas over here, to be perfectly honest, the, the product is very new. Um, analytics that are given from our platform for prospecting and analyzing what is working, what is not, that is all very, very new to the market here in the UK. Um, most of the prospects that I've spoken to, and certainly the companies that we're down the track with here, um, they didn't know anything about analytics off the back of presentations, whereas in America, that's a given. Um, so it's, uh, it's an interesting market. Most of the feedback to your point is very much about, wow, this is uh, an incredible tool. The analytics are fantastic. The fact that it's so immersive, you can use all sorts of content. You can use sound, you can use video, multimedia files are unlimited. There's so much there within the product that again, is completely new and uh, a business tool that can be introduced across so many different departments uh, within a sports organization. It's really that ditching PowerPoint piece is very effective and resonates with pretty much everyone I've spoken to here. Yeah, I mean, just just sort of feeding off that, Ben. So we, we have a we have a global sales team of six or seven individuals that are working with us full time and then also work with our partners at, at IMG as well. So, you know, as I said, we're selling a huge amount of inventory across our events, our teams, our, the, the league. And again, yeah, the, the analytics that you get off the um, kind of off the sports digital platform is, you know, it's completely game changing. And it's, uh, it's, it's like sort of Christmas for some of the sales team when when they can see 
who's opening their presentations, what they're looking at, what's resonating. And, you know, it just gives you, it enables you to then, you know, contact who you're speaking, you know, contact who you're speaking to on the, on the brand side at the right time to, to, to make sure that you, you know, you've got a real strategy for, for how you're engaging with them over a, over a longer period of time, which you just can't do with the kind of with the old world. So yeah, that's something we've, we've used. And then you know, myself sitting centrally trying to coordinate everything, the reports that you get is is pretty valuable, um, both in terms of kind of understanding uh, which of the sales team are kind of the most industrious in any one week, but also kind of from a macro perspective, what kind of content's really resonating with the market. So, yeah, that's certainly something I've noticed in the six months we've been we've been working with Sports Digital that's had a a really massive impact, and you know something that certainly the sales teams around the world are, are really enjoying. Yeah, yeah that, that's great, Charlie. Sorry, um, Jake, to interrupt. Uh, I think my, my role over here is certainly it's become apparent that it's, it's just as much as an education piece as a sales piece. Um, as I was saying, it's all fairly new. Uh, and given CellGP have been on board for six months and you hear feedback like that from an existing client where effectively these analytics and insights for a company and a, and a proper sales uh, approach is uh, is really encouraging. That's a, no, but I want to I want to hop on that point real quick on the education piece because Charlie, like that's probably ninety percent of what you're doing half the time with partners is the education piece, and then eventually you get into everything else, right? And so similar to Ben, like how how do you go about the education piece without overloading somebody? But giving them enough insight as to like, here's what we're about. Um, this is why you should even have a conversation with us. Uh, and then you've kind of hit the, na- the, the nail on the head there, Jake, in terms of like what our biggest challenge is. And for us, it's all about getting people to events because SalesGP is one of those products where you have to, you have to see it to believe it. And, and, and once anyone sees it, they're kind of completely transfixed and, Think that it's the kind of the, the best new entertainment product that, that's that's being created. So, you know, to get them there, there's a, a kind of a fair amount of education, and to even just get a meeting is you know is is a challenge in these worlds where we know CMOs of of global brands are inundated by sports, you know, all around the world. So, yeah, I think for for us, it's it's that's that's where kind of the innovative ways of presenting content in quite a punchy way, but also a very visual way using a lot of video content we we find we find you know being being incredibly helpful and then it kind of comes down a little bit as well to uh, the network and the relationships that that our sales sales individuals have around the world and kind of tapping into the endeavor and img networks as well and using the influence of, of larry and russell too and just sort of yeah trying to trying to play as much of of all of those different levers as you can to to get in a room because i think you know, once we're in a room with the tools like Digideck, with the story that we have around purpose and sustainability, the visual content we have that's brought to life through the platform, you know, that's that's where you really have the opportunity. But yeah, it's it's every every, every discussion we have really is an education piece, uh, especially when we're so early in our journey. And what we're trying to do, obviously, is catch up um, and grow our audience and grow our awareness in key markets amongst kind of decision makers as well in the business community so that some of that education piece is done for you. But at the moment, you know, having, a, having a more engaging tool is, I, I would say, kind of a critical success factor for us um, in, in going into 
kind of new boardroom, so to speak. Yeah, I want to, as we kind of wrap up the episode, I want to revert back to kind of where you guys got started in your careers, but also kind of how you've moved throughout and what you've experienced along the way. Ben, if you're thinking about 2022 ahead and, and one thing that you can take from your career uh, in the past and how you're applying it to now, what, what would that be? And then Charlie, we'll get to you. Good question, Jake. Um, well, my career started, at, as uh, Charlie was alluding to, my, my career started at IMG. I was um, on the uh, London Club Wembley sales team, which are national stadium. So that was a real privilege. And then I was sent to New York by IMG, worked, uh, worked in partnerships just before the, uh, the financial crisis, and then um, was sent, uh, well, at least headhunted to Juventus, who wanted the English model of stadiums and picking up on the hospitality team over there. So um, what have I learned from my career that as we run into 22, well, sales is, uh, it's, a, it's a path and it's a process and equally, uh, what's really interesting for me is that I've actually been working remotely for five or six years in technology and now things have turned around so much and things are so different due to COVID. Uh, the, the, the takeaway has certainly been selling remotely to people who are working remotely is actually, um, I think the, the path has opened up somewhat because when people are in offices, they're super busy, they've got so much distraction, it's actually a lot easier to get meetings at this stage, but at the same time, I've got a great product. So that opens a lot of doors into, a, as I said, a market with a lot of gaps in it. Charlie, what about yourself? So my background's a bit different. I came from sort of a management consulting background, starting with Accenture and then moving into sport through kind of strategic consultancy. So I've always looked at things from more the, the strategic side, which is how I got involved in, in SailGP, um, looking for kind of a way of kind of bringing some structure and some strategy to um, the commercial program and, and, and how we go to market. Um, and I think like for, for me, for 2022, it's, I, I kind of find sales and the commercial world has been this really interesting balance between innovation and creativity and like to, to capture attention and to get people excited you've got to you've got to be innovative in in, in kind of the, the rights that you're selling and how you're selling in in what you're selling you know that that whole piece and be really creative but then equally you, you can't it's you can't escape the robustness of kind of the business case that's needed to actually get a deal over the line and we're always trying to sort of like thread that that line between you know being really innovative and creative and and coming up with those big ideas that get brands and, and prospective partners excited but actually you know at the end of the day it all comes back to how are you going to grow my business and and being able to kind of demonstrate the robustness there so we actually spend a lot of our time internally kind of addressing those two things whenever we're thinking about a prospective sponsor and and, and i think that's going to be kind of a a big factor for us in in 2022 and we're we're hoping that this is going to be a pretty transformative year for us so two or three major partnerships we're, we're looking at so hopefully that approach pays off yeah i was going to ask you know what's what's the one thing you take from like the management consulting world into sports that maybe uh those who have worked in sports their entire career wouldn't know right and it sounds like it's uh, it's certainly the, the, the business component, like we're truly thinking business first, right. On, on the, the partner's end, as opposed to 
otherwise. Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound sort of fairly management consultancy, but I'll go for it anyway. So I think, I think like the biggest thing is it's all about like life and business is all about problem solving and, yeah. and you know, sponsorship is about problem solving. So, you know, an, an organization's got a challenge, a problem um, and that might be, you know, they need to increase their sales. They need to engage with a certain audience. They need to change their perception or grow awareness. So how we try and position it is, um, yeah, we're a problem-solving platform and, and we're going to position and structure around kind of how we address their business business challenge to help them grow. Um, so that's the theory anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I like to think it's going to work as well. Ben, as, as you think about um, kind of what's ahead, uh, what's, what's the one thing that you're paying attention to, right? Like you, you get to sit in a position where you're you're paying attention to all the different properties, right? And kind of what are they doing? And uh, what's, the, what's the one thing you're looking for uh, and kind of paying attention to? I'm looking for innovative sports organizations. And as I said at the beginning, that's really the challenge that I have. Um, I'm looking for such as Je Sale GP, excuse me, and some of the football clubs that we're working with and some of the uh, Formula One teams that we're working with innovative companies that are looking for new, uh, as, as Charlie was saying, who need solutions to problems. And I, I genuinely believe that Sports Digital creates so many solutions for an age old problem for, if you like, veterans of the industry or new people in the industry using PowerPoint, using PDFs and these old tools. There's just no need to be frustrated and working uh, with these tools for far too long when you can use technology platforms that are just going to make your life easier. So again, I, I'm looking for those, those innovative companies that really want change within their sales process and to be just really productive and really efficient and those fantastic analytics coming in, helping sales guys understand what their prospects want. I think someone says like uh, work smarter, not harder, something like that, right? <laughs> quick quick rapid fire to wrap up the episode charlie we'll start with you if you could if you could sail anywhere in the world where would it be we've got a race coming up in bermuda so that's got to be pretty high up there ben if if charlie got you on a sail where would you go uh, I'd like to revisit a trip that I did in 97, which actually inspired me to get into the sports industry. I was in the financial markets before that. Uh, Cairo to Cape Town, no flights. I did that in uh, 97 on land, but I'd love to go down the east coast of Africa on a boat. Charlie, as you think about other sports that exist out there, um, aside from from obviously the one that you're involved in uh what's one that you pay attention to to maybe pick pick ideas from i'd say at the moment formula one's doing doing the best um in terms of a, a global championship that's growing their fan base um completely revolutionized what their product is and you know they've obviously seen revenue growth on the back of that and they've done a fantastic job since liberty took over and certainly they're one that we and I spend a lot of time looking at. Ben, one working from home tip that you have for those out there. Oh, I could give many tips, but being organized and having your day structured um, is significant. And equally, make sure you've got a good alarm clock. 
Uh, last one for you guys, Charlie, as you think about uh, the, the food internationally, what's way better internationally than it is in the US? I think, all, I think all food is a something that's been being fried. <laughs> I have been, I've, we've got a race coming up in Chicago, so I'm looking forward to getting back for some deep dish pizza, but I'm not sure there you go. there's much else uh, in the US. <laughs> Sorry. Ben, what, you, you were in New York City for a little while. I, mean, what, I was. I, we ate fantastic food in New York. Um, and I'm certainly not going to be uh, dismissive of American food. Charlie, Ben, really appreciate your time. Insights into uh, SailGP, Sports Digital, where you guys are going internationally. Um, appreciate your time and life in the front office podcast presented by Suji Organic with our Sports Digital series. Thanks, guys. Pleasure, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.